Today's episode is brought to you by Factor. Do you struggle to find the time and energy to consistently eat healthy? Trust me, you're not alone, and there is a solution. Introducing Factor, the all-in-one meal delivery service that preps, cooks, and delivers fresh, never frozen, fully prepared meals directly to your door weekly. With Factor, every meal is designed by dietitians and handcrafted by world-class chefs, keeping your taste buds happy and your waistline trim. What's more, the menu changes every week, so you never lose interest in eating healthy. Right now, Factor is offering listeners of The Sip List $50 off over their first two weeks. Just go to factor75.com, pick your meals, and use code PODCAST50 at checkout to claim this limited time offer. That's factor75.com, code PODCAST50. Goodbye. Welcome to The Sip List, the podcast where we drink wine and count down our top five favorites of all the things. I'm Amanda, and today I am coming at you with a special bonus episode, and I'm flying solo. So please be kind. It's either going to be great or it's going to be complete garbage, but either way, just tell me you like it so that you don't hurt my feelings, please, and thank you. Um, First off, I need to apologize for my scratchy voice. I've been having some allergy issues and no COVID, I'm 99.9% sure, but anyway, either way, my voice is pretty scratchy, so, and it's not scratchy in a sexy way, like Phoebe on Friends when she gets sick, it's it's scratchy in a kind of annoying way, so please try to bear with me, and hopefully it won't annoy you too much. What I wanted to do today was just wish everyone a happy new year, and talk about a few things moving forward with the new year that, you know, we can all think about and talk about and look forward to. So what I wanted to tell you today was the five best things that happened to me in 2020. 2020 was a complete shit show. We all know this. It's okay. But I think there are also things to be grateful for even in the midst of all that chaos and occasional despair. So despite the dumpster fire that 2020 was, there were good things that happened to me and my family. And so I just wanted to let everybody know about that and encourage you to make your own list and hopefully celebrate the good things that happened last year, not just the tragedies. The other thing I wanted to do was to talk about my top five favorite movies about new beginnings or starting over. Kind of goes along with the new year and also just helps people realize that even when bad things or sad things or whatever happen, there's always a silver lining. You can always come back and recover. And I think that's important to remember as we start a new year and as we leave 2020 behind. Things aren't going to change overnight. Things aren't magically going to be better. But I hope that we can start to move on to a more positive future. But first, I will tell you what I'm drinking. I am still continuing from last night's festivities and drinking champagne, but I did switch from the good stuff back to my ever-faithful Andre Extra Dry. Can't go wrong with it. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. For $5.99 a bottle, it's pretty spectacular. Plus, 
champagne just feels refreshing and, and crisp and good for a New Year's episode, I think. And champagne's just good anyway, but whatever. Okay, so back to 2020. I was looking at pictures on Facebook on my memories feed, and I was looking at New Year's Eve, and I saw one of me and my friends last year at dinner on New Year's Eve, and it's just so funny. I was like, look at us. We just have no idea what's about to happen to all of us. We're just so happy in 2020. Can't wait. We're excited. And yeah, man, to be back there and not know what was about to happen. Damn. But regardless, like I said, there were still positives last year. And so that's what I really want to talk about and not talk about all the negatives right now. So these aren't in any kind of order. I don't think one of them's any better than the other. They're just the top five things that I can remember and that I know made me feel grateful and thankful. So number one would be none of us got COVID. No one in my household got COVID and I am so thankful and so grateful and just so excited about that. You know, I work in healthcare, and luckily my husband's worked from home and my daughter's been doing a lot of virtual school. We've tried not to go anywhere, but still, it seems like even people who are being careful are still getting it. The people that aren't being careful, you guys are assholes. I don't like you. Get your head out of your ass and start thinking about other people. But the people that are being safe, you can still do everything right and still get it. So it's it's been kind of crazy, but I am so happy that none of us have had it and we'll just keep doing everything the way we're doing it and hopefully it stays that way. Number two, my husband and I both stayed employed throughout all of this chaos. And that is not a small thing, that is a big thing and I'm very happy about it. You know, so many people are unemployed and so many people are suffering and for us to both be able to keep our jobs and be able to do them is very, very important and something to be grateful for. Sometimes my job drives me insane. Working in healthcare right now, I'm just going to tell you guys, everybody's tired. And I'm not even on the front lines. I'm not a doctor or nurse. I work in optometry. So we don't see, you know, COVID patients or as much. But we have gotten a lot of just, I think, mostly tired and frustrated people. And everybody's just taking everything out on each other. But this is my little PSA. Please be kind wherever you go. Be kind to the cashier if they tell you, you know, put your mask up over your nose. If you go to the doctor's office and they tell you your whole family can't come in with you, just be kind to them. We're all doing the best we can and we all need to be nice to each other and stop being assholes. Regardless, I am very thankful to have a job and I would say to everyone out there who is employed, just be grateful. Sometimes our jobs suck, but I guarantee you there are lots of people waiting in the wings willing to do your job if you don't want to because they're suffering. So definitely something to be thankful for and I am. Number three would be my husband turned 40, which I'm just super excited about because now he can't make fun of me for being old anymore. We're both in the 40s club. I'm very happy about that. We're supposed to be celebrating in Greece with our friends, and of course, COVID ruined that along with our other vacations this year, but I know that we will celebrate soon, but until then, I am glad that he's here. I'm glad that he's joined the 40s club with me, and I'm glad that we're getting through all of this crap together. Number two, my daughter turned 16 this year. Now, that is a good thing, but it's also very bittersweet. They don't tell you you know, when you have babies, how much 
you know, they tell you about this time will be weird and this time will be terrible and this time will be challenging, but they don't tell you that your kids grow and change so much and turn into completely different people that sometimes you miss the old versions of them too. But I am super proud of my daughter. She's turning into a wonderful young woman. And even though her being old enough to drive scares the shit out of me, I am still proud of her and excited for her future. So happy birthday, Abby. I'm sorry you had to celebrate it in quarantine, but hopefully we can throw you some kind of sweet 16 bash in the near future. And the number one thing that I can think of is that we paid off our student loans. Woo woo. Yes, I'm doing a woot woot and I'm going to do it again. Woot woot. Student loan debt is just the worst. It's awful. It takes so long to pay off and paying that last payment was just a huge weight lifted off our shoulders when you know back in the day when you could get student loans like you could get candy they just handed them out to everyone and it wasn't like a responsible amount either it was like oh this semester is going to cost you three thousand here have ten no big deal so of course you know my husband and i back in those days when we didn't know each other but they handed us money. We said, yeah, we'll take it. And we spent it on stupid crap instead of only taking what we needed for school. I'm glad that they have tightened down on that some because yeah, it was too easy to get a credit card and get a student loan, you know, 20 years ago. So to those of you about to go to college, please do not take out student loans. Or if you absolutely have to, please only take exactly what you need for books and classes and room and board if necessary. Don't take all the extra they approve you for. It's not worth it. It's not worth having to spend 20 years paying it all back with interest. Trust me, you will hate yourself. So there you go. Those were were five good things. Um, And then the extra bonus one that I'm going to throw out there, obviously, is that I started this podcast. And that's been really important to me. I'm so excited about it. I have a lot of people to thank, which I did in my first episode. But I'll thank them again, Tim and Dewey, Dewey, and Joey and Christian. Thank you guys for having me on your shows and giving me tips and tricks and encouraging me. It's been a lot of fun making all kinds of new friendships through the podcast and just doing it is fun. I think we're all missing fellowship so much right now with hanging out with our friends and being with our families. And I think just sitting down and having a conversation with somebody about the things that you love is just, it's been great for me. I've really enjoyed it. It's just like chatting on the phone with a friend and it's been a lot of fun and giving me new friendships. I don't have a lot of listeners yet, but even if nobody else listens besides the people that do, thank you guys, by the way, even if nobody else listens, I don't really care. I'm doing this for me because it's fun and I don't have to be famous or anything like that. I hope that at some points it resonates with people or makes people laugh or gives them some kind of joy. That's all I really want other than the fun I have doing it. So with all of that being said, I'm glad 2020 is behind us. I'm very happy to start a new year and see what happens. I'm trying hard to be positive, even though things are still kind of crazy and I'll be more ready to celebrate the new year and have a little bit of a bigger party come January 20th. Um, I think that'll actually be my my actual New Year's Day party. So, can't wait for that. Well, since all the people in my house are making so much noise, why don't we go say hi to them real quick? Hey, since everyone's out here yelling, you guys want to say hi on my podcast? Hi on the podcast. Thanks, George. Hi. Oh, hi. I'm so sorry.
Stop yelling while I'm recording. No, it's Yay. okay. You guys are fine. I just heard George yelling, so I thought I'd come in and say hi. And you guys say hi. Hi. Yo. Wait, I didn't know this. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I used to use a headset, but it doesn't sound as good. And I think this sounds better, especially if you hold it like this. Okay, I'm going back to recording. You girls have fun. Bye. Bye. So now I would like to tell everybody about my top five favorite movies about starting over. Starting over can be fun, but it can also be really terrifying, no matter what kind of starting over it is, whether it's going back to school or getting divorced or losing a loved one or starting a new job. There's just all kinds of new beginnings that are exciting but are also terrifying. There's tragedies that you think you'll never get over and then you realize that that you do. So I think those things are always important to look at. For number five, I'm going to use kind of a cliche one, but it's New Year's Eve. Obviously it's about New Year's so you know, you know, that that's where I'm going with this, but it's a lot of good stories that are intertwined with each other. Um, phenomenal cast. It's like Valentine's Day. If you saw Valentine's Day, it's that same kind of thing. And even some of the same actors. I don't know how much they paid for all these famous people to be in this movie. I'm scared to ask. But you've got Josh Duhamel, Robert De Niro, Hilary Swank, Sarah Jessica Parker, Jessica Biel, Seth Meyers, Ludacris, Luda. Uh, just so many good actors and actresses and, and the stories are really good, you know, from a mother and teenage daughter who are struggling with the daughter kind of growing up and wanting to go out on her own. You've got a father and daughter who have a strained relationship. You've got a, a nurse whose husband is overseas and she's struggling with that. Um, and then a big part of the story is the New Year's Eve ball drop and you kind of see a lot about that. It's about love and about family and, and it just kind of, again, gives you the reminder that every year you get a chance to start over and start new and and do something different. So I love that movie. It's a really cute rom-com and if you haven't seen it and you like those kind of movies, I would check it out. Number four is the movie Bounce with Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, please don't turn this off. Don't run away. Don't unsubscribe from my podcast. Please just give me a chance. A lot of people did not like this movie. It got really shitty reviews, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. I think it's a good movie. It's definitely a drama, so it's not funny by any means. But So this movie, you have a few different things going on. You've got this guy, Buddy, who's played by Ben Affleck. Just adore him. And he's this big advertising executive whatever and he's at the airport he's waiting on a delayed flight so he's hanging out in the bar and he meets up with this girl and um, another guy and they're just sitting at a table hanging out getting to know each other so you've got this girl Mimi and obviously she's very gorgeous so her and, and Buddy are hitting it off and then this guy Greg who is a playwright and he has a family and He's talking about how it's Christmas and he needs to get home to his kids and, and they're all just kind of chatting, whatever. Well, when the flight gets called, Buddy decides, hey, I'm going to take a layover and hook up with this girl. So, hey, Greg, why don't you take my ticket? You can go home to your kids, whatever. So he knows a girl at the airport and he gets her to switch their names and the guy takes his ticket. No big deal. 
Well, next morning, Buddy wakes up to see that the planes crashed and everyone died. So, you know, he goes into this guilt spiral. You know, fast forward eight or nine months later, he's an alcoholic. He's having a really hard time. And after a very embarrassing uh, showing at an awards ceremony for his company, his boss ships him off to rehab. Then you have Abby, who is Greg's wife, finding out he died in this plane crash and he wasn't supposed to be on that plane, so it's confusing. But again, you fast forward however long it is later and, you know, it's showing her trying to raise their two sons and just being a single mom and a widow and all of that. Well, as Buddy is trying to complete his AA program, at first he's not really taking it seriously, but then he decides, you know, I do need to take this seriously. I want to make amends. So he looks this woman up to basically just check on her. You know, he feels guilty for widowing her and making his kids lose their dad. So he wants to do something to help her out. Obviously, you know, in this kind of movie, they fall in love. She doesn't know who he is. And then when she realizes who he is, she doesn't want anything to do with him. And so there's emotionally, there's a lot of different things going on and, and, you know, fresh start type scenarios. So you've got Buddy. So you've got Buddy, you know, trying to stick with his program, trying to stay sober, trying to deal with the shame of being an alcoholic, with the guilt of switching tickets with that guy, with the, you know, reality of I could have been on that plane and so you know the sense of his own mortality he's got all these things that he's dealing with and then you have Abby who is again you know a single mom she's lost her husband she's super young she's got these young kids and just trying to figure out how to go on with her life and especially when she realizes that the new man she's in love with switched tickets with her husband she's like well if if I'm saying I'm glad he's here then that means I'm saying I'm glad my husband died And, you know, her friend points out to her, that's not a choice you have. Sometimes things happen to you that you have no choice in. So you have to look at the other choices you do have and just realize that life goes on. And that's kind of what this movie is about. And ultimately they end up together. It's a little cheesy, but I think it's a really good movie. Don't judge me. Or you know what? Judge me. I don't give a fuck. I like the movie and that's all that matters. So good movie. Very emotionally powerful and and touching so I would recommend it for number three I am going with we are Marshall so we are Marshall is based on a true story about a football team that dies in a plane crash so this plane crash kills it's the Marshall Marshall University and I cannot remember their their mascot but 75 people so mostly players a few coaches um some boosters and then of course the crew so now you've got this small little town they've lost their entire football team with the exception of i think only one player maybe two there might have been a couple more but there's one guy that they focus on that didn't get on the plane and of course has got a lot of guilt about that but he also wants to rebuild the team you've got all these people that have lost sons and husbands and friends and whatever and the university decides we're not going to have football and you know this one guy says look a couple of people so this one guy says the athletic director no we we are going to have it we're going to find a coach we're going to recruit players we're going to make this happen and we're going to show this town that we can all heal and move on together so they have one assistant coach and then they have this one kid and they just go out and they're trying to recruit coaches and you get the new coach, um, it's Matthew McConaughey, and 
you know, he just kind of comes in and says, okay, I, I'm here to win. I win football games. That's what I do. We're going to build a team. We're going to do this. He's not, he's not from the town, so he's not intertwined in their grief and their emotions. He's not insensitive to it, but he's also not letting it cloud his judgment about, you know, what they're going to do, how they're become, become winners and, and all that. And so it's a really inspiring story. It's very sad. If you haven't seen it, watch it, make sure you bring tissues, but it is very, very powerful in showing how grief can really hurt, especially when you lose that many people, but how you can still move on. I just, I can't even imagine going through something like that. I'm from Oklahoma, and I remember when I was in college that the Oklahoma State basketball team had a plane crash and lost a lot of people as well. It wasn't, it wasn't everybody, but it was a big significant amount of people, and it was just, it was awful. It was so tragic, and it was just, you know, how do you go on from that? Like, especially if you're a player or a coach or whatever. I mean, just putting aside the whole, you know, people losing their kids and husbands and wives and whoever, like, obviously, but at the same time, just wanting to continue their legacy and continue a program. Like, how do you go out there and play after something like that? Like, I just can't, I can't imagine. And this movie really shows how these people go through this. And it's, it's amazing. So I would highly recommend it. Number two, I am going to say the Jim Carrey movie. Yes, man. So this movie is typical Jim Carrey fashion. It's, you know, the slapstick comedy and the over the top stuff but it's about a guy who's divorced, he's depressed, he's reclusive, he's antisocial, he doesn't hang out with his friends anymore, he doesn't do anything. He just goes to work and goes home and lays on the couch. He's just this big sack of shit, basically. One of his friends convinces him to go with him to this self-help seminar, and it's all about the power of saying yes. And I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's this basically say yes to everything. So when he leaves, he's got this challenge of... You have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. You can't say no to anything. So he starts doing it and he's just saying yes to every ridiculous possible thing that comes up because he thinks he has to. He does say no to one thing early on. His uh, his elderly neighbor tries to give him a blowjob and he says no. And then he falls down a flight of stairs and almost gets killed by a dog. So he's like, okay, this is serious. I got to keep doing it. And then he meets this really cute girl, Zoe Deschanel. I just love her. And, you know, she's asking him to do all this wacky stuff with her. And, of course, he has to say yes. And they fall in love. And it's just really cute. Um, and it kind of, it makes me think about, you know, do we really say yes to enough things in life? I think we've become this society where we say no so often. And a lot of times for good reason. I think, I think no is a powerful word when you use it appropriately you set healthy boundaries you say no to things that you don't want to do you don't feel a sense of obligation like I think those are all healthy and normal and natural ways to say no and I think it's important that we do that so that we don't overextend ourselves but at the same time we also say no to a lot of stuff out of fear or out of disinterest or out of you know na naivete like not knowing about things or being uneducated and so we miss out on opportunities, too, that could have introduced us to a new thing or a new hobby or a new activity because of one of those things. We're scared. We think it's stupid. We don't know anything about it. And for all the times that we say no, I think it's important that we open our minds and our hearts to saying yes to things to try new stuff. So 
I know that's kind of a little bit of a cheesy whatever, but I think it's important. For everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. And that's important to remember. So you have to choose your yeses and nos wisely. But I think as a society, we've become a lot more just willing to say no just because instead of trying to be a little bit more open-minded. So take that for what you will, but I think we need to start saying yes to a little bit more stuff. And then the number one movie is, um, this one is kind of special to me because it came out around the time that I was going through a really just devastating breakup and I was very upset and very depressed and this movie helped me because the person in the movie was, you know, going through something completely different, but still a breakup and still just, you know, watching that grieving process made me feel like I could move on if she could move on. And that is the Sandra Bullock movie, Hope Floats. So this one again is cheesy. It's a romantic drama. Um, Oh my gosh, you guys, I say um so much. You have no idea how many ums I have cut out of every episode and I still can't stop saying it. It's really annoying. Anyway, I guess I can replace it with anyway. You have this woman, Birdie, and she is from this small town in Texas. Her and her boyfriend in high school are just the queen and, and king of everything. They ride off into the sunset together and, you know, cheerleader and quarterback and they get married and blah, blah, blah. And then fast forward about 10 years she gets called to be on this TV show, talk show, um, sim- similar to like a Jerry Springer kind of show, but without all the violence. And she thinks she's getting a makeover and really comes to find out that her husband is there and her best friend. And she finds out that they're sleeping together and he's leaving her for her best friend. So their daughter's in the audience and she's on TV and she's just like, what the hell is happening? So they split up. She goes back to her hometown and stays with her mom played by Jenna Rollins, who is just freaking amazing. Adore her. And so she's dealing with a lot of things. She's dealing with pain from her childhood, not having a close relationship with her mom. Her dad's got dementia and he's in a nursing home. She's dealing with her husband betraying her and then also having to face all these people that she just basically just missed in high school. So there's a lot of people in the town that are kind of celebrating her pain and and enjoying it and rubbing it in her face. So She's got to deal with that. She's got to try to find a job and she has no skills. You know, all she's ever been is a wife and a, and a prom queen. So it's really humbling for her. And then you see the kind of just devastation and the self-pity and just the sadness of going through a divorce. It is really sad. And so, you know, watching this and dealing with my own pain was really helpful to me and it helped, you know, obviously I cried every time I watched it, but it was a good kind of crying. It was cathartic. It was helping me move on from something, you know, that at the time I just couldn't figure out. I didn't really have any closure. And I think that was part of the problem. I just couldn't figure out what I'd done wrong. Now that I've gotten older and matured, I can see that I was just not a good person in that relationship. You know, at 20 years old, I was needy and jealous and a little selfish and just you know a lot of things from my own childhood had made me a bit of a paranoid adult and a fear of abandonment and just you know stuff that I've since moved on from and have matured a lot but looking back now I can definitely see that I was not the best girlfriend that I could have been so 
you learn from these things and you do move on and you do fall in love again. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that you don't just get one chance at love. You get multiple chances. You know, you don't get unlimited chances. And that even comes up in this movie that the mom is saying to the daughter, she's like, you know, you don't get just chance after chance after chance. And you just, you just spend your chances like, like you think you'll have a million. That's true. You don't get unlimited chances at things, but when it comes to love, you don't just get one shot. So I think that's important to remember. And of course she falls in love with this guy from her high school who had been in love with her before and it works out and it's all really sweet. So it's a good movie, a little cheesy, like I said, but it really helped me in a lot of ways. And so I appreciate it for that. And, you know, I think it's important to see those kind of journeys represented and, and they usually are in movies because that's what most movies are about or some kind of tragedy or some kind of pain or unless it's a comedy. I mean, it's always something, but I still think it's important. So it helps you realize, you know, A, things could always be worse. I mean, I didn't get dumped on national TV shit, but things also get better and you also do move on. So there you go. Those are my five movies. I recommend them. If you want to just watch something about starting over, uh, there's a few other ones that I like that I would recommend. Uh, Wild with Reese Witherspoon is a really good one. Groundhog Day, which is a comedy, but it is also about starting over and kind of finding your purpose and meaning in life. And I think that's important. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's it. I think I had a few more on my list, but I just can't remember them right now. So there you go. It's the champagne. It's it's clouding my judgment. It's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to my little uh, mini episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope everyone has a really just amazing new year, a happy 2021, and let's all just be kinder to each other, please. No matter what is happening, just be nice. That Everybody's doing the best they can, and everybody's inconvenienced, everybody's frustrated, everybody's tired. Your exhaustion or frustration is not more valid than anybody else's. So just put your nice pants on, stop being a dick, and go out and spread some good in the world. And in the meantime, when you do get frustrated or life gets you down or you just get pissy, just keep sipping. Happy New Year and goodbye.